0: Say everything else for a reason. The life has its own seasons. In the rain you can only feel the snow. Start to wonder if those flowers gonna grow.
1: Welcome to so, Be the One podcast. I'm Erin.
0: And I'm
2: Vonnie.
1: And we encourage you to be the one who understands that love heals.
2: I understand is a nonprofit organization that supports those that have lost a loved one to death by suicide or struggle with a mental health illness. And today we have a very special guest with us. Um, someone who is really known throughout our community for doing so many wonderful things. And it is a privilege to have Doug Meyer here with us today, who is also a board member for I understand. Thank you, Doug, for being here today.
3: Thank you, Vani. It's my pleasure. I'm grateful to be here.
2: So. The conversation today is going to stem around depression, and it's something that we are finding to be in everywhere with so many different people on so many different levels. And I think that the one thing that you have spoken out about it and have helped so many by doing so, that depression doesn't discriminate. And I think sometimes people will say to you, what do you have to be depressed about?
3: Let me count the ways. Um, no, I've suffered from depression. I, should, I don't know about suffered, but suffered probably is the right word for um, I don't know how many years now. And I remember when I was first um, diagnosed, if you will, by a therapist, and she said to um, start taking some meds for it. And so I was prescribed Cymbalta by my doctor, and he reached into the drawer and pulled out a bag of Cymbalta pills and literally gave me a handful and said, you'd be surprised at the number of people in the community that are taking some form of depression medication. He said, people you know in the community, um, but nobody knows, nobody talks about it. And just the way he handed me the handful of it and said that made me really think that You know, I'm not alone, and I would say, what do I have to be depressed about? I had a beautiful wife, my beautiful daughter, and you know, life is pretty good, I thought. And I kept trying to talk myself out of being unhappy or depressed, and then what is the line between unhappiness, sadness, and depression? You know, it's it's tough.
2: Did you find it difficult to open up about your depression? You know, do you feel like, you know, stigma is the number one reason why people don't reach out. Do you feel like the stigma affected you
3: for some reason? No. And I don't know why specifically. Maybe I really just didn't care. Um, you know, what people think is none of my business. And people say you're so courageous for speaking out. And, you know, I think of it as therapy. I mean, everybody either is suffering from depression or mental health issues or know somebody, friend, relative, coworker. Um, And it doesn't matter if you're young, old, rich, poor, black, white, male, female, it really doesn't matter. Um, We all... I I really don't know of anybody or never met anybody that said, I don't know of anybody that suffers from any kind of mental health issues or depression. We all know somebody. And it was a... It it really was therapy for me to open
1: up. And I think that's a great point. Like, even the way that people react to their depression are different. So for for instance, you are, I will say, one of the rare few who didn't feel that stigma. You got past that phase very, very quickly maybe and were basically like, I need to tell my story and it it doesn't matter what other people think. And I know for me and my story that It took me a while to get to that point but once you've passed that point you're like I don't care what you think about me like because I know that either you're probably suffering from something very similar or I know that one of your loved ones is and I'm actually just trying to help you so it's so freeing
3: no absolutely
1: it is absolutely freeing once you get past that stigma and realize that you can just be yourself and I think like you even said that is a huge part of therapy because part of the depression is your hiding You're hiding this side of you and then once you're able to talk about it and bring it to the light, I think that helps push that depression back. I think it helps shine a light into that dark corner.
2: You know, I, I think back to one of our conversations, and this was over five years ago. Because, and I remember it because I started I Understand about five years ago, and you really have been by my side since, um, being so open and talking and sharing. But it's when we created the T-shirts that we have given away that say I Understand Love Heals, and I remember Sid. I brought you one, and for lack of a better word, when he asked what it was in. Uh, he's He literally threw up all over me in terms of words, oh <laughs> in, terms of <laughs> words in terms of words, in terms of words. And you shared so much. And that T-shirt was really the catalyst of you starting to open up and share with me. And I was so really overwhelmed by you and your ability to share what you were going through. So, and that touched me and continues to touch so many because you continue to be so open
1: about it. How did, so you, again, didn't really feel that stigma. How did your family react? How did your coworkers, your friends react when you started telling this story? So, just out there.
3: Well, you're assuming to have coworkers and friends. but (laughs) (laughs) No, but everybody... Pretty much everybody, I should say. Um, You know, that's so brave. People would either say nothing because they don't want to talk about it. They may, they wanted to ignore it. Or they would say how proud they were or how courageous I was. And I didn't, uh, as I said earlier, I didn't look at it that way at all. I looked at it as somebody's got to talk about it and it's therapy for me. And through Vonnie's help, and I understand was a great forum to do that and everything happens for a reason and I had cancer issues that I'm still dealing with and that's okay to talk about you know people have heart disease that's okay to talk about but for some reason mental health depression suicide no we don't want to talk about it that's taboo we can't talk about that and it's it's good to see in a way that more and more people and celebrities especially are opening up publicly and because that just starts things going the more people again speak out the more people speak out and it is becoming more of an issue and i look at all the mass shootings it's you know i look at it as more of a mental health issue than a gun control issue i mean it's it's certainly a combination of both i believe but you know, mental health needs to be talked about and needs to be considered an illness and you can see that the brain is wired differently you can see now with nuclear medicine and different scans that you can see a mentally ill brain you can see a depressed brain you can see a, an addictive brain and it's real it's a disease it's not something that you decide you're gonna wake up one morning and have a drink or um take your life it's it's not, it's more than that. It's a disease and we need to treat it as that.
2: You know, I find it interesting that, you know, we bring up physical illnesses, you know, like our body can react to our heart, heart disease. Our body reacts to cancer. Our body reacts to diabetes and all of these things that we need to do to take care of that. But why isn't it acceptable that our brain reacts and our brain is reacting with depression? And, and I think that more and more people need to know that you know, suicide is a a side effect of depression and we need to talk about it like that. But I'm curious to know, I know that you went through cancer and are still experiencing some issues with cancer. Did you find that your depression increased when you were dealing with the diagnosis and the treatment?
3: You know, initially I would, I would think, um, it's interesting, um, this was about eight years ago, almost exactly eight years ago. Um, I had, my divorce was finalized. I found out I had cancer and my father passed away all around Thanksgiving, eight years ago. And, you know, I look back and, you know, if that doesn't do something to your mental health, I don't know what does. And yet you don't have a, I would say you don't have a choice really. You either, you just live with it and and make the best of it. And um, somehow I got through. I mean, with good friends, with family, with therapists, um, I got through it. And as a side note, ironically, the day I found out I had cancer, it was the week before my dad passed away. And I was in California for a Tony Robbins seminar, a three-day seminar, and the first day of the seminar was conquering fear. And here I've just been woken up at five o'clock California time by a doctor in Grand Rapids saying that I've got prostate cancer. And then later that evening I'm walking on hot coals to conquer fear and things happen for a reason. And that really helped me deal with it. I, I really believe that. That like, okay, let's take this on. Let's we can do this.
2: People can't can't see you right now, but I mean, I just feel feel you and and see the little bit of you know watery and teary eyes that you get talking about it. I mean, that is a little, a lot for one person to have so many life changes in such a short amount of amount of time. And today, what I see, how I see you is really a poster child for mental health because i look at you when i did know you back then eight years ago and beyond um you were 65 pounds overweight um let's say you were you were drinking i wouldn't say you had a drinking problem but you drank alcohol um you probably ate whatever you wanted to eat and today You are 65 pounds lighter. You haven't had any alcohol in over a year. You are doing yoga on a regular basis. You are more spiritual than you've ever been. You're going for walks. You're going for coffee and conversations. Um, You are really taking care of yourself. And you truly are a poster child for mental health. Do you have any advice that you can give to the listeners on... What made you do this total 90-degree change around?
3: You know, I could, those are good questions. It's probably closer to 70 pounds now.
2: Congratulations. Um,
3: but it's, I don't know, something uh, something flipped or switched internally. That it's like, okay, and part of it was doctors and lawyers saying, you can't control others, you can't control what's going on outside of you. And so just do the best you can taking care of you. And whether that's diet, exercise, spirituality, reading, keeping busy, talking to friends, whatever it might be, I've been trying to lose weight for years and was never successful. And part of it was I had a psychiatrist who was gonna um, dramatically change my depression meds, and he said, can you give me 30 days without alcohol? And again, no doctor, bartender friend said I had a drinking problem, but you know, a couple of glasses of wine a day, two or three glasses of wine, four or five, six times a week. Well, I just started to want to lose weight again, and that's two or three thousand calories a week. And I didn't know if I could even give him 30 days. And you know, if I make a commitment, I want to honor that commitment. So I, I really thought about it. And then I made the suggestion that maybe not having a glass of wine or two a day might make me more depressed. Um, and he didn't see the humor in that. Um, so I'm like, OK, I can do this. And I don't know if it's going to be a lifelong thing without alcohol. Um, but I've certainly had enough again in the last several months to have more than one drink. But for some reason, I lost the desire. And I've got enough alcohol or wine around, or friends, and it doesn't interest me that much. I moved into a new house by myself, and over Fourth of July weekend, so I went out and bought some champagne. I said, you know, I'm going to celebrate in the new house, and it's still in the refrigerator, just like, why? And so again, I don't know the specific reasons why I started to, but just listening to doctors and lawyers and friends, you know, you can do this. And, and everybody's been very supportive and I can do what I can do about me and let others take care of themselves and things will work out.
2: Mm-hmm. And, well, as your friend, what I see, I see you as being so inspiring, even though you don't, you don't see that. The discipline that you have accomplished in this past year is so encouraging and so inspiring to everyone around you. And you get that all the time. And I think that maybe that not going back to to having a drink is that you feel so good and you look so good. You look better than... You I mean, you're older now, but you look better well, you, than Bonnie. you did <laughs> than you did when, you know, I knew you ten years ago. So I mean there's become this youthful kind of glow about you. And I just appreciate that.
1: Doug, I did not know you years ago and 65, almost 70 pounds heavier, but I think you look fantastic. And I wanna explore kind of that relationship between the alcohol and the food and the depression because they really play off of each other. The depression demands that you do something to try to alleviate the pain, and a lot of times that's alcohol and food. And so your transition as you gave up the alcohol, as you ate better, did that help the depression? Did it help kind of push it, I, I, not cure it, but help to manage it?
3: I would certainly think so and I'm still very sad. But I'd hate to think of what it would be like if I was um, still having two or three glasses of wine a day, if I was still eating more than I should, if I wasn't exercising. If I was 70 pounds heavier and having two or three glasses of wine or whatever it might be a day and not taking care of myself physically, I really don't know if I would be here today. and. Yeah, yes, I'm still depressed, I'm still so sad, but some of those things are out of my control. What I can control is me. And I steer, still tear up a lot, I'm very emotional to begin with. And and that's okay, because I can't do anything else about other people or external circumstances. I can take care of me, and that's what I'm trying to do. And that's really gotten me through it. As, again, if I was 70 pounds heavier, and. I, I, I don't know what I would be like. And, you know, I go to restaurants. Last night I was at a restaurant and saw several people that I know and people that haven't seen me for a while. You look amazing, you look wonderful. What are you doing? You look great. And Yet inside, my stomach is churning.
2: Well, you definitely wear your heart on your sleeve. And I feel like that is one of the most endearing things about you, the real, the real person that you are and the real person that you share with others. And I think that's why you are loved so much. And um, I think it's really interesting when you do go, I mean, you go and you have dinner and oftentimes you have dinner alone and you have so many people coming up to you and saying how good you look, but has any of them ever stopped and and asked how you are really doing? You know, how are you doing? And I think that's one of the things about be the one is we want to make sure that we are the one for someone and we don't just tell them how great they look. We need to also find out how are you doing mentally and emotionally?
3: No, that's so true. I mean, it's, um, but people don't know and people shouldn't necessarily know. They say, yeah, you look great. You look amazing. What are you doing? Well, I'm exercising, I'm not drinking. Um, I'm watching sugar and carbs and, um, You know, every once in a while I'll sit home alone. Well, I sit home alone a lot, but, you know, I can have my own little pity parties and things and people don't realize that. And I just moved into a beautiful new home. And it's like, well, you must love your new home and it looks so beautiful and it's so cool. And um, yet it's missing somebody.
2: And I think that's where really we go back to our first statement when we first started is that depression doesn't discriminate. And it doesn't matter who you are, what you have. There's certain things in our life that that perhaps we want. There's certain special people that we want in our life that that are in it that that continue to add to our to our sadness or our, our depression. Um, but I, I feel like you're doing a great job of doing the things that that you have to do, and talking about it here with us today.
1: And this. You know, as we're as we're wrapping up, I think it's really important to note that, especially for men, older men from really teenage years on. You know, you talk about showing emotion, and a lot of times when you show emotion as a man, people are like, "Oh, whoa, 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 you're not supposed to be doing that." And when you say I'm lonely, people are like, "You're not supposed to feel any kind of weakness." So there's an extra stigma there. Women are the emotional ones. Women are the one, you know, the ones who get lonely, but. It's becoming an epidemic amongst American men that if they get divorced from their wife, they lose their social network. Guys feel like they can't be emotional with each other and we've lost that connection. So I love that you do get emotional because you're showing people, yes, as a man, it is okay to be emotional because we are emotional. And I really do think that we need to start opening up more on those levels. So again, thank you for being emotional and showing us that
2: you're human. You're
3: human. That's who I am. That's uh, that's in a sense who we all are and it's okay. And um, that again goes back to I understand and love heals and it's starting the conversation, be there for someone. And that's what we all need to do, should do, can do. You know, instead of, you know, you look wonderful, you look great, what have you been doing? As Vani said, why not? How are you?
2: I remember one time when you called me and it was the most sincere how, how are you that I had had in a long time and I got teary eyed and I said, Doug, nobody ever asks me that. So you did. So thank you because you've been there and you know.
1: Doug, again, thank you so much for coming in on Be The One podcast today greatly appreciate it. I do want to thank Consumers Credit Union. We are on location and Big B coffee for providing free beverages for our guest today. And then of course our producer Maddie, thank you so much. Again, we implore, we ask you be the one to listen. Be the one to say I understand that love heals.
2: And if any of you are struggling or need help or just need to talk to someone, please please call 1-800-273-TALK. Again, it's
1: 1-800-273-TALK. Thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you next week.
0: They say So on the rainy days take your space On the sunny days say your grace And remember One day those flowers are gonna grow